Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Gist Yarn and Fiber. Thank you to the Crafters Box for sponsoring the podcast this week. I'm so excited to share about this wonderful business with all of you. The Crafters Box finds an experienced maker each month and asks them to curate a unique box of tools and materials to create something beautiful and teach you how to do it. Their featured boxes have included weaving projects, quilting projects, even spoon carving projects. They're currently hosting a holiday marketplace for all of December, where you can explore and purchase a variety of curated workshops, including punch needle art with Aruna of Bookhu on Instagram and chunky merino arm knitting with Elise Joy. You can use the promo code GIST20, that's G-I-S-T-20, for $20 off any full workshop from the marketplace or to sign up for the upcoming January project. Find out more at www.thecraftersbox.com slash marketplace. And there's also a link to that in the show notes. This week on the podcast, I'm talking to Andrea Carpenter, a weaver in Southern California. Andrea has gravitated towards fiber and texture since she was a young child learning to crochet from her mother, and she stumbled upon woven tapestry in the summer of 2015. Andrea has a powerful and evocative weaving style, and I've been looking forward to talking to her about her work for the podcast for a long time. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Thanks so much for coming on. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Can you start out by introducing yourself and sharing how you found your way to weaving? Sure. Um, so my name's Andrea Carpenter of the Winter Phoenix. Um, I found my way to weaving, I was actually about six months pregnant with my son and, um, I was on Instagram kind of looking for like a project to do. I don't know if I was actually looking at the time, but I was, I I had found Marianne Moody's Instagram and I saw her, um, her woven wall hangings and I had never seen anything like that before. Um, and I just thought, oh, that's really cool. I I think I could probably do that. And so I ended up uh, ordering her kit um, and it came in the mail and and it had a little instruction booklet in it. And I I followed that um, and I made a a little, a little, you know, kind of (laughs) messy first little weaving. And, um, and I didn't know how to like tie the ends or like how to hide those there's all these like little things that I didn't know how to do um that I just kind of was stumped by so she actually happened to be having a class in LA um that October which was actually four years ago this year or this month so that's interesting it's been four years (laughs) I hadn't even thought about that but um but yeah, I took her class and that really kind of cleared up a lot of my questions. And after taking that class, I kind of just sort of like dove right into it. And um, I made a little weaving for my son's nursery. And and that was kind of, I thought that's all I was going to be doing. And then I just kept going. And where did that journey continue to take you? I know you weave on lots of different kinds of looms and do all sorts of different things now. Yeah, yeah. It it kind of, I mean, I just sort of like, I guess I just kept going and going. I couldn't get enough of it and I, I wanted to, to learn more. I was just so fascinated by weaving and actually had learned to crochet when I was young. 
Um, and I always was really drawn to fiber arts. I would do, I tried knitting and I, I tried needlework and embroidery, sewing, needle felting and cross. I mean, all of the things I could like kind of get my hands on that were yarn. But for some reason with weaving, it just like, and I've heard other weavers say this too, but it like clicked with me hmm. in a way that it didn't with, with any of the other fiber arts that I, I was into before. And so, yeah, I just, I kind of just went with it, you know, it, it just like, I keep wanting to learn more and more about weaving. And, and I, I've found that there's always more to learn. I think as a weaver, you just kind of never stop learning. And, and that's kind of, I think one of the things that draws me to it. What kind of materials um, are you most drawn to working with these days? Um, I, I try to stick to natural fibers. Well, I do as much as I, I can tell, like everything I, I get is, I don't use anything synthetic or plastic or anything like that. When I first started weaving, I would just get yarn at the craft store and not really think about what was in the yarn. But then once I got more involved in, in the, the weaving community online, um, I started to notice other weavers talk about the importance of using natural fibers and like Sarah Newbert, she talks a lot about that. And then I, and I also just kind of really prefer the feeling of the natural fibers as opposed to like the plasticky feeling of the acrylic um, yarns and stuff. So that's kind of what I'm most drawn to. I'm also drawn more to like um, earth tones, black and white. Those are kind of my, that's kind of my color palette. I can't seem to get out of that <laughs> it's just those are the those are the colors I'm just really drawn to and um as far as looms um I started off with uh the frame loom of course and I have a few of those I think everybody every weaver has a few frame looms um and then I moved on to uh the rigid heddle I got a cricket and really loved that so that was kind of like my the gateway drug into uh, floor looms um, for me. And I just really, uh, really, really wanted a floor loom. And, and I, I got the, um, the sorry, sorry, I can never pronounce it. Sorry, floor loom. And that's predominantly what I work on now is my floor loom. And you have a new series of work that is mixing weaving with pottery, which yeah. just looks so stunning, even on the phone on Instagram and I can't even imagine Thank what it you. looks like in person. Thank you. How how did those pieces develop and how are you making the clay pieces and what's your thinking behind that? I just want to hear lots about that. Yeah, so um I actually really like uh I've realized that I like to mix different materials um with my with my pieces. I kind of just wanted to experiment with something new and um my friend Alyssa, who is also a weaver, um, her Instagram is esoteric. She um, she started working with polymer clay in a few of her pieces, and it really looked like ceramics to me. The way that she um, she would like she she would roll it in some dirt and make it look earthy, and it was really cool. And I was like, "What is this?" And she told me what it was, and and also I, I kind of had that in the back of my mind. And I was at the craft store, and I I happened to walk down the the aisle where all the polymer clay is, and I thought, "Hmm, that might be. 
I should probably just try it. So I bought some and I just started experimenting with it. And um, I really liked it. It was just kind of fun to experiment with that and, and make new shapes. And, and then I uh, found, I found my way to making the like, um, the pieces that I've been using the most, which are just these like, I don't even know what to call it. They're, they're just um, these little strips, I guess, of, of the clay. And they have sharp edges. And um, I just really am drawn to the juxtaposition of the, the soft fiber and the hard clay. Um, and I think it looks cool. I, I like the juxtaposition of the color as well. I really like contrasts. So if even if, if it's like a contrast in color, because um, I, I used to do a lot of just black and white, and um, or if it's like a contrast of of material in the softness and the 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 contrast of the soft and the hard. Um, so I I, I guess I kind of just like started experimenting. I didn't really have a plan for this new collection. I kind of just really decided to just go just experiment and and do whatever felt right and whatever kind of my hands and my body were telling me to do um normally I I'll do sketches and and kind of plan out a piece before I make it but this new collection I've just been sort of like not planning it and just taking the materials and then and then just weaving them together or or like somehow you know just putting them together. I just not, I'm not really having this like major idea. I'm kind of just going, going with the flow of it. And that's kind of, that's kind of just what I've been doing is playing around with the different materials. And I would really like to, to work with ceramic someday. Um, but for this collection, the, the fiber that I'm using is, is pretty, it's light and airy and the ceramics are too heavy to hold it. And so the polymer clay is perfect because it's very light once you bake it and, but it looks heavy. So I really like that kind of, um, that look of this heavy piece that's just like woven into this light, um, light, you know, uh, airy, um, fabric. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you about that, of how you attach something that seems like it would be so heavy to, to fiber. Yeah. The, well, the kind of strips, I guess you would call them that I have those pieces. Um, I either weave, just weave them in like as I'm, as the, the, um, the, as I'm weaving, I'll just, you know, put it in there as I'm weaving or I'll weave the piece and I've kind of have to plan ahead the, the ones that, um, are kind of sitting on top of the piece. Those I, before I bake them, I, I, I poked little holes in them so I can sew them onto the pieces. So yeah, it just kind of depends on, on, um, on which, which route I'm going. So that, I guess I have to like plan ahead a little bit, but I, I experimented to, to get to that point. So <laughs> hmm. yeah. You have, you have another piece that I was really mesmerized by recently I don't know if this is part of the same series or was something different but it has what looks like raw flax I don't know if that's what it is just oh, kind of yeah. water falling over the piece tell yeah. me about that it's actually hemp it's, oh wow yeah it's just pure hemp um yeah that is part of the collection I've actually 
I decided to incorporate some hemp as another kind of opposite type of material as the the fiber I, I have been using, which is that um, linen cotton. Um, and with that particular piece, I, <laughs> I'd actually had just come back from um, a trip. I went to Salem and uh, New York for a couple weeks. And during that time um, was stuff with the Kavanaugh hearings going on. And that was kind of in the back of my mind a lot when I was on my trip. And I just kind of couldn't get that out of my head. And um, I... I don't know for some reason when I started when I sat down to, to to work on this piece, I was thinking about that and I was also listening to the book um, Alias Grace by Margaret Atwood and I also had recently watched this documentary on feminism on Netflix and I just these are things these are themes that are like really important in my personal life but I've never actually talked about it in terms of my work or my my weaving. And so this piece kind of just like, as I was kind of ruminating on all of those, those, those issues and like feelings that I was having around those issues, it just, again, I kind of just let my body do the work and, and let the material and my hands just tell me what to do. I kind of just wasn't even like, I just was letting it flow out of me. And I think that that's kind of what came out of that. Yeah, it's a really powerful piece that I think does speak to this time that mm -hmm. we're living in. And um, I'll put a picture of it up on the show notes so that if people haven't seen it and they want to see what you're referring to, they can yeah. go check that out. Cool. So one of the things you share on your website is that weaving helped you deal with anxiety and postpartum depression that you mm -hmm. experienced after your son was born. And I'm wondering if you could talk about how you created a weaving and artistic practice that supported you in this. Yeah, so, um, well, I'd have to say that I didn't even really get to weave anything um, until my son was about five or six months old. Um, I had learned, I had gotten kind of obsessed with it right before he was born, and I thought, oh, this is great, I can do this while he's sleeping, and and uh, it turns out he never really slept, and um, and yeah, I, I ended up developing the, the postpartum depression, and... Um, and it was just a really, a really hard introduction into motherhood, um, very different than what everyone kind of says it's going to be. And so I didn't have time really to weave. Um, but then um, after I had kind of uh, started to feel a little bit better after I had been medicated from, from the postpartum depression and, and after my son actually had, we had a hospital scare, he stopped breathing when he was two months old and we had to go to the hospital and uh, he had a, uh, some health issues. Um, he's fine now. He's totally fine now, but yeah, it was a really scary time. And that kind of, all of that really um, pushed me towards that like postpartum, depression and anxiety. And, um, so after kind of the storm of all of that had kind of started to settle, um, I decided I really need to make time to, for myself and I need to really, um, take time to weave because I kept thinking about it. I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about how I wasn't weaving, <laughs> which sounds really selfish, but I think, um, you know, when you become a parent and especially a mother, your life just kind of changes 
drastically and it, 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 you kind of have to grieve your old life a little bit. And, um, and that was part of the grieving process for me. I mean, it was, there was wonderful things about it too, but I think for my, in my case, it, it was just like a, um, a really, um, harsh introduction into motherhood. So yeah, I, I decided, okay, I really, really need to, um, carve out, carve out the time, um, to, to be selfish, I guess. And, um, when I was, when I was able to finally carve out that time, um, I found that the practice of weaving was very calming, um, very meditative, meditative. And, um, it also gave me a sense of purpose outside of being a mother. Um, I think that was something that I was looking for and craving. And the more that I dove into my weaving practice, the more I, I wanted to learn about all the different aspects of weaving. And, um, it, it kind of became this like Pandora's box of fiber <laughs> that was like open to me. And I, and I just like, couldn't get enough of it. Um, and then around, I, I kind of like just kept experimenting and, and, and learning. I think that was a really, uh, that, that first year or two was me just like learning and trying to figure out my voice and find my voice and find what, what I was drawn to. And, and so I kind of used that time to really experiment and learn. And, um, around, uh, my son's second birthday, my husband and I kind of hit a crossroads in our marriage and, um, things had, things had actually been pretty difficult for us for a few years, but especially after having a child and, and, um, I mean, kids don't really, they don't fix problems. They kind of amplify them. So, um, we ended up separating for about six months and, uh, he went to rehab, uh, for alcoholism and, and some drug use and through like intense therapy, he became like a whole different person. And thankfully now we're, we were able to rebuild our marriage and our family and everything is like so wonderful between us. It's like total 180. Um, but during that time when we were separated, I really turned to weaving to help me through that time. Um, I created an entire collection around that time and that reflected my emotions and my pain and each piece in that collection kind of represents a different emotion or stage of grief. And, um, I found that weaving as an art form has been therapeutic and, and cathartic for me. So, I mean, that's kind of a roundabout way to answer your question, but yeah, I've just found that, that through these really difficult times in the last, you know, I guess four years, I've been able to, uh, I think if I didn't have weaving, I would be in a very different place right now. I think. I would be a lot more anxious than I am. I think that um, weaving has helped me kind of stay focused and grounded and it has and it has helped keep my mind off of things at the same time. So yeah, I, I think that having this practice for me really um, helped me develop um, I guess, keep my own individualism. It helped me not get lost in, you know, being just being a mom or just being a wife. It really uh, helped me 
find my own my own way and my own path and and yeah that in and of itself has been uh hugely important to me so yeah you have such a beautiful and powerful way of sharing your journey and as it's it's something that i have noticed as a theme among some weavers and artists that i talk to is that Mm -hmm. weaving can truly be an anchor that Mm -hmm. helps bring people through some of the hardest times in their life yeah um i don't know if it's the mix of of like both artistic expression and also just like a very physical Mm -hmm. physical art form but yeah 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 i think so i think when you when you're um, working with your hands when you're creating something, it's, I mean, it's intensely personal, but I think that it's almost as if, and I think this is something I've been thinking about a lot with my current collection is your body is kind of saying what your, what your words can't sometimes. Hmm. So I think that might be part of it. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. Mm. I'm wondering if you have suggestions for other people who might be listening and struggling with anxiety and depression and, you know, Mm. amidst many other important ways that they're working on healing themselves. If you have suggestions for how to develop an artistic practice that can help ground them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say, well, first of all, make the time. (laughs) If you are struggling to find the time, you have to carve out that time, Um, even if you have to be selfish and... I don't like that word because I think that it's, well, it has a negative connotation, but I think that we need to be selfish sometimes in order to be better for ourselves and for other people, but make that time, um, do it every day, even if it's just for a couple minutes. Um, if it's not working for you, try something else. Like don't, feel like you have to force it or like if it feels like it's a chore it's not the thing for you and you need to to keep looking for that thing um I think that's what's interesting about weaving is and I've I've heard other weavers say that um kind of like how it clicked with them or there's just something about it that I think part of it might be like a bit of an instant gratification um when you're first learning to weave you can you can kind of make uh, your you know a piece relatively quickly um, once you've kind of got down the basics of the stitching and uh, the stitches and and you know the the different um, techniques it's it's pretty you can make a little weaving in a pretty short amount of time and once you finish that weaving you're like oh my gosh I made this thing and you feel really good about yourself and you feel like you've accomplished something and so I'd say that as far as weaving if you're specifically trying to get into weaving then that's one one of the great things about learning how to weave um but yeah any kind of art form I'd just say like do it every day and again if it's not working for you try something new and and also experiment you know experimenting is a big one I think I'd say yeah so your business is called the winter phoenix where does that name come from um well I actually thought about it for a really long time I might my husband was like (laughs) he'd probably get so annoyed every time I'd be like what do you think about this name what do you think about that and none of them worked and I finally um I just I don't remember how it came into my head but the the phoenix part of it is that 
I, throughout my life, um, even since I was a child, my, my dad passed away when I was nine. And, and so there's been things throughout my life from a young age that have been really hard and, and, um, difficult, um, just like everybody. But, um, through that, I've been drawn to, to the legend of the Phoenix, like that story of the Phoenix kind of being reborn and rising through the ashes. And I, I, I just really, um, identify with that. And, but I'm not like drawn to, I mean, that's kind of like being reborn through fire. Um, but I'm not drawn to those like kind of warm colors. I'm usually drawn to like the darker side of things. And I really love, um, the winter time, like autumn and winter are my favorite times of the year. Um, I'm not a summer person. Um, and I also, as I was, uh, kind of, um, studying the Phoenix, uh, I realized that the Phoenix constellation, um, in my area, it rises, uh, in the autumn and winter time. And so that's kind of how I came up with the name, the winter Phoenix. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks. So what is on your loom right now and what are you dreaming of weaving in the coming year? Um, well, right now um, I'm working on my new collection. That's pretty much all that's on my loom right now. Um, I have an upcoming show with um, my friend Alyssa of Esoteric. We're doing a two-woman art, a fiber art show. And so I've been working on that collection. And that has been, that collection has been kind of inspired by well, over the last six months, I've, I've been personally struggling with like this new wave of depression and anxiety. Um, I think after going through everything I, I, I went through with my marriage and, um, um, and all of, all of that, like really heavy stuff, I think it kind of opened me up, kind of opened up like another Pandora's box of like, these old wounds and, um, it really forced me to examine all of my relationships, um, because I had to really intensely examine my relationship with my husband. And that kind of just, I think I entered into this, like, well, if I'm here, I'm going to just dive in and like work on all the other stuff that I'm, you know, I need to deal with. And, um, and it's been, something that I've been examining in the current collection. Um, I've been going through a lot of like really huge changes, um, in my life over the last few years, but especially in this, these last six months, um, it's kind of sort of forced me to face those changes. And I've been, um, pouring like all of that into my current collection, um, as well as like my thoughts and my feelings on, like I talked about earlier on feminism and, and, um, on intersectionality, um, which is actually something that I don't, again, I don't really talk about much in, in, in my work or my business, but it's something very important to me in my personal life. Um, and so I, I've been kind of like dipping my toe into, to that with this, this new piece that I did. And, and also just these themes of like, I guess, major loss, um, in my life. Like I've, even though I've rebuilt my marriage with my husband, I've, I've 
realized that I've kind of lost a community that I was a part of um, for many years. And um, I've had loss in relationships recently. Um, I've had um, um, a lot, well, I guess more of a deconstruction of my faith that I've been going through over the past couple of years that has been kind of building. And there's just a lot that I've been kind of ruminating on in the last just several months that I've been kind of pouring all of that into my work. And there seems to be a lot of layers and a lot of themes into what I'm working on right now. And um, I think the thing, something I did want to say that I forgot is something about weaving is that it doesn't exactly take away my anxiety, but it helps me deal with it better. It helps me um, express my pain and, and, and my emotions in a way that feels safe. And it also helps, you know, take my mind off of the things that are, that are giving me all that anxiety. Um, I think people like me who struggle with anxiety tend to overanalyze and overthink things to the point of madness. (laughs) And, um, weaving has this calming effect on me. Like, um, when I, when I sit down at, at my loom, I, I need to kind of be in a certain headspace. So it, it sort of forces me to get those to kind of like, I guess, set those big emotions aside and, and, and instead of not exactly ignoring them, but, but kind of dealing, dealing with them in a healthier way, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, again, that was sort of a roundabout (laughs) way of answering your question. No, it was it was very eloquent, actually. Hmm. I'm curious. You've you've mentioned, I think, at the beginning and of this conversation, and and also just now, that feminism and issues of intersectionality have played a really big part in your personal life, but mm-hmm. up until now, haven't entered so much of your artistic life. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, both, what is it about this moment in the world, and also this moment in your artistic journey, that made you feel ready to address those in your work? Hmm. Um, well, I think. I think um, it really wasn't until uh, I want to say, I think I've always been a feminist, but I didn't really know it <laughs> until the last few years of my life. And everything that's kind of been going on politically has really forced a lot of us to to face a lot of things. And um, I've learned, I've been um, fortunate enough to, to have people in my life who have helped me learn more about... Um, intersectionality. I mean, I'm a white woman. And so um, I, you know, my lens of feminism was different before. And now, um, now I see it through a different lens. And that's been really important for me as um, not only as a feminist, but just as a, a, a person to just really be more aware of intersectionality and how, um, I guess, just be more aware of my privilege and, um, and actually do something about it instead of just being aware of of it. And, um, so I've, in my personal life, I've been really learning a lot and really, um, um, I'm not an expert at all, but I'm, you know, I'm, I've been open to doing what I, doing my part as, as, as much as I possibly can. And so that felt like a separate thing for me for some reason. I don't think I, I really, I don't know. I think it's just something that I had to kind of learn about before I really started to, 
um, express it through my work. And also I think the timing is different because before I was going through other things that I needed to, um, uh, I needed my weaving to help me through those things. And I think, like you said, that the time that we're in right now is just, it's kind of this storm that we're all in. And um, it's something that I, I constantly think about. It's, it's for the good or the bad. It's, it's in the back of my mind or the front of my mind, uh, you know, all the time. And so I can't really, I, I feel like I, how can I not um, use my weaving or, you know, my work to express my feelings and my thoughts on those those things you know I mean it's just gotten to that point where it's like what am I why am I not talking about it through my weaving why am I not thinking about it through that lens so yeah yeah absolutely well Andrea I really appreciate the vulnerability and openness with which you shared your art and your journey with me and I'm wondering before we close up if you could do two things Mm -hmm. Um, the first is share where on the internet and on social media people can find out more about your work and the last is if you have any closing advice or words of wisdom for weavers out there sure Um, well you can find me I'm most active on Instagram which is uh, just the winter phoenix Um, and also my website um, is www.thewinterphoenix.com Um, I also have Facebook and Twitter. I'm not as active on there. Um, Definitely, especially Twitter. (laughs) But um, on Facebook, I have, uh, if you go to the Winter Phoenix Textiles. And then on Twitter, it's at underscore the Winter Phoenix underscore. Um, But definitely Instagram is where I am the most uh, active and visible. And, um, And then my website is pretty much, you know, where you can... I don't have anything in my shop right now, but um, when it's time uh, to, when I have things in there, that's where I, where I, uh, I sell my, my work. And as for, as for advice, um, I'd say don't be afraid to fail. Um, That's something as an anxious person, someone with anxiety, I've, uh, I've let, fear kind of stopped me from doing a lot of the things that I wanted to in my past. And with weaving, weaving has really taught me personally how to uh, face those, some of those fears and really just like say, you know, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And if I fail, I fail. And honestly, those little failures, you learn so much from those failures. You know, there's been times where I've, um, with warping, I've just made huge mistakes and I've had to like start all over again. Or, you know, I've definitely almost finished or even completely finished a piece and taken it off the loom and it just doesn't work off the loom. And I've had to either take it apart or just set it aside and not look at it again. And, but I learned every time I learned something. And I think that, um, failure's good. I, I think it's, it's, it, it helps you grow and it helps you be better. So yeah, I think that'd be my, one of my biggest pieces of advice is just don't be afraid to fail. Just experiment and go for it. And if it doesn't work, you can take it apart and reuse the materials for something else and it's okay. It'll be fine. 
Very good advice. Yeah. I like it a lot. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. Thank you so much for asking me. It's been a, a real pleasure being on the show. That's a wrap. To see photos of the pieces Andrea described, you can go to www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen 44. And really, you do want to go check out those pieces to get a full understanding of what Andrea was describing in this episode. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com slash episode hyphen 44. Thanks again to the Crafters Box for sponsoring the podcast. If you're curious about learning new crafts, January's box looks like it's going to be fabulous. They are combining a love of all things fiber making, plus oversized knitting needles, plus a soft, chunky yarn to make beautiful knit poofs for your home. I can't wait to get my box. Use the promo code GIST20, that's G-I-S-T-20, for $20 off at www.thecraftersbox.com marketplace. Next week on the podcast, LaShawn is talking to Angela Wartis-Call of Fiber Evolution. Fiber Evolution is a seed-to-seed producer of high-quality, organic-based fiber, yarn, and cloth born of regenerative processes, sustainable systems, carbon farming practices, regional manufacturing, and community education. In their conversation, they talk about the history of growing and producing flax for linen in their region and how they hope to revitalize the industry. Tune in next Monday for that one, and until next time, happy weaving!